Hi everyone, it's good to have you back for another episode of Aminder. I'm Alex, a new member of the Aminder team, and I'll be your host for this episode. A little bit about me, I'm currently working on completing my master's degree at UBC with the help of my supervisor, Dr. John Stossel. My research is focused on studying the somatotopy of Parkinson's disease in the brain, and I'm very excited to be joining Aminder and to be hosting my first episode today. Okay, in this episode, we'll be covering papers published in August 2020 within the category of Diagnostic Tools and Imaging that focus on cerebral spinal fluid, or CSF, biomarkers in AD treatment. The discovery of AD biomarker candidates, be it in the blood or CSF or via brain imaging, has significant clinical relevance for AD populations worldwide. If we have objective and reliable tools to help us detect AD in its earlier stages, then we have a greater chance of slowing down disease progression and positively impacting the lives of millions. While it's invasive to obtain CSF from a patient, it's very useful for detecting early signs of AD since it comes in direct contact with the brain, unlike the blood, which is separated by the tightly regulated blood-brain barrier. This means that many brain metabolites and cellular waste produced during neurodegeneration can be found at much higher levels in the CSF than in the blood. Stay tuned, because we'll be taking a look at studies that take advantage of the CSF's direct link to the brain's neurophysiology for AD diagnosis. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Okay, let's get started. We have 13 papers to go through today. If any of the abstracts I'll be summarizing interest you, be sure to check out our bibliography for this episode after listening. You can find it by checking out the episode notes. Quickly before getting started, there are a few common abbreviations that are used throughout the episode that I'll define here for those of you who are new to the field. I'll be referring to phosphorylated tau as p-tau, total tau as t-tau, and amyloid beta-42 as a-beta-42. These are some of the usual suspects that make up the classic ADCSF biomarker profile, which we'll come across a lot throughout this episode. Let's take a look at the first paper in this episode by first author Ewers, last author Franz Meyer. The title of their work is, Higher CSF, S-TREM2, and Microglia Activation are Associated with Slower Rates of Beta Amyloid Accumulation, from the EMBO Molecular Medicine Journal. The primary immune response to amyloid plaque formation in the AD brain is microglial activation. This has been previously shown through PET imaging and high levels of CSF-soluble TREM2 or S-TREM2 concentrations, which is a microglial surface receptor. Whether elevated microglia levels are associated with reduced A-beta remains unclear. To take a closer look at this issue, the current study used PET imaging to measure tau and amyloid levels in non-demented and demented individuals. They report that higher CSF S-TREM2 was associated with lower amyloid and tau PET accumulation. A mouse model of amyloidosis was also used to confirm this connection. Overall, increased CSF S-TREM2 levels, which reflect microglial activation, are associated with reduced amyloid deposition. Therefore, enhancing TREM2-related microglial activation may be an effective way to protect against A-beta aggregation in the brain. Our second paper is titled, AD-Related CSF Biomarkers Across Distinct Levels of Cognitive Impairment, Correlations with Global Cognitive State. 
This paper comes from the Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry and Neurology, and the first author is Ibarra, last author for Lenza. This study looked at associations between CSF biomarkers of AD, so A-beta-42, T-tau, P-tau, and A-beta-42 slash P-tau, and cognitive performance assessed by the Cambridge Cognitive Test. The study included elderly patients ranging in cognitive ability from unimpaired, mild cognitive impairment, and mild AD. They found that overall test scores had significant correlations with T-tau and A-beta-42 P-tau. More specifically, they found that the test score reflecting memory correlated with all biomarkers tested, while only T-tau correlated with language comprehension and expression. Taken together, it seems that memory scores from the Cambridge Cognitive Test have the best association with CSF biomarkers. The third paper we'll be talking about today, titled First Amyloid Beta-142 Certified Reference Material for Recalibrating Commercial Immunoassays, comes from first author Bulu, last author Bleno, in the journal Alzheimer's and Dementia. Reliable readouts across different methods for measuring A-beta-42 are vital for reproducibility and reducing bias. Here, the authors generated reference materials to calibrate widely used diagnostic assays measuring A-beta-42 levels in human CSF. Reference materials can be thought of as controls to calibrate an assay or validate measurements. In this study, three certified reference materials were prepared, and isotope dilution mass spectrometry was used to measure the exact amounts of A-beta-42 in each pool of CSF. Before recalibration using these reference materials, the commercial assays showed a large bias. But after recalibration, the between-assay bias was reduced to less than 5%. Overall, validating these reference materials will play a key role moving forward to ensure consistent results across different assays measuring A-beta-42. Let's jump to our fourth paper by first author Teitstadter, last author Peterson, from the journal Alzheimer's Research and Therapy. The title of this paper is Association of Glial and Neuronal Degeneration Markers with Alzheimer's Disease, Cerebrospinal Fluid Profile, and Cognitive Functions. This cross-sectional study examined how CSF inflammatory and neuronal degeneration markers associate with the signature CSF AD profile and cognition in symptomatic subjects in the pre- and early dementia stages. The inflammatory and neuronal injury markers measured were neurofilament light, or NFL, glial fibrillary acidic protein, or GFAP, S100 beta, and YKL40. They found that the members of this panel of CSF markers were poor predictors of disease status, all with a diagnostic ability, or ROC AUC, of around 0.6. However, GFAP and NFL both correlated with specific executive functioning in subjects with a CSF AD profile. And so, NFL and GFAP levels in CSF may be potential indicators for cognitive impairment for AD cases in the symptomatic, pre- and early stages of dementia. Okay, our fifth paper is titled Sex Differences in CSF Biomarkers Vary by Alzheimer's Disease Stage and APOE4 Genotype by first author Mofrad, last author Tunison from the journal Neurology. This paper looked into potential sex differences in CSF biomarkers while taking into account the effect of clinical disease stage and APOE genotype. Linear regression analyses correcting for age were used on CSF biomarkers such as A-beta-42, T-tau, and P-tau. Stratifying analyses were used to look at significant interactions with age as a covariate. Significant interactions were found for T-tau and P-tau levels. 
In APOE4 carriers, women showed higher PTAL levels in subjective, cognitive, decline, and MCI groups, but not in the AD dementia group. On the other hand, female APOE4 non-carriers showed higher PTAL levels in MCI and AD dementia groups, but not in the subjective cognitive decline group. Overall, it seems that sex differences in CSF PTAL in APOE4 carriers are more evident in early disease stages, while non-carriers show these differences in later disease stages. Next up, we have the paper Cerebrospinal Fluid Profile of NPTX2 Supports the Role of Alzheimer's Disease-Related Inhibitory Circuit Dysfunction in Adults with Down Syndrome, the sixth paper of this episode. This work comes from first author Belbin, last author Fortia, from the journal Molecular Neurodegeneration. NPTX2, also known as neuronal pentraxin 2, is a synaptic protein which has been shown to be a promising CSF biomarker of inhibitory circuit dysfunction in sporadic AD patients. This study looked at CSF levels of NPTX2 in adults with Down syndrome and explored possible associations with the PV interneuron receptor, GLUA4, and other AD biomarkers. The study used a cross-sectional retrospective design to study adults with Down syndrome across a range of AD severities. Similar to sporadic AD, CSF NPTX2 levels were lower in Down syndrome at all AD stages compared to controls. CSF NPTX2 levels were positively associated with GLUA4 in all clinical groups. In adults with Down syndrome, low CSF NPTX2 levels were associated with low CSF A-beta, glucose metabolism, and increased cortical atrophy. Overall, these results indicate that CSF NPTX2 may serve as a biomarker of early AD-related changes in adults with Down syndrome. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. First author, Trina Baltzar, last author, Cole, bring our seventh paper to this episode, published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. Their work is titled, Development and Validation of a High-Sensitivity Assay for Measuring P217 plus Tau in Cerebrospinal Fluid. Recent evidence implicates high levels of phosphorylated tau in AD. This study developed and validated a new ELISA technique for measuring CSF tau species, containing phosphorylation at mid-region threonine sites using the PT3 antibody. Although the analyte is present at extremely low levels, the assay was sensitive and specific to P217T-tau and tracked AD pathology better than the commonly used P181-tau epitope. Interestingly, the assay can also be used to differentiate antibody-bound versus antibody-free tau. This means it can be used to measure target engagement of P217-tau targeting immunotherapeutics. All in all, this novel assay is highly sensitive and accurate and shows good potential for identifying and staging AD. Our eighth paper, titled CSF Glucose Tracks Regional Tau Progression Based on Alzheimer's Disease Risk Factors, is published in the journal Alzheimer's and Dementia. The first author is Papas, last author Willett. Glucose hypometabolism and tau accumulation are key features of AD, but little is known about a relationship between them. This study used linear regression to explore interactions between CSF glucose levels, regional tau measured by PET, and other AD risk factors in subjects from the ADNI database. They found that higher CSF glucose was associated with less tau accumulation in individuals who were already cognitively impaired or who were at a higher risk for AD due to female sex, 
being an APOE4 carrier, being amyloid positive, or having a family history of AD. Overall, these data suggest an existing relationship between CSF glucose and tau, which seems to be moderated by risk factors, where higher CSF glucose may actually indicate a compensatory mechanism against tau pathology. Let's turn to our ninth paper, titled Proteomic Profiling of Extracellular Vesicles Derived from Cerebrospinal Fluid, a Pilot Study. This work comes from the journal Cells, by first author Muruaka, last author Ikezu. Extracellular vesicles, or EVs, are gaining traction in the field as potentially specific and useful AD biomarkers. This pilot study examined the protein composition of CSF EVs from 13 AD, 10 MCI, and 10 controlled patient samples to further delve into their biomarker potential. They used mag capture exosome isolation kit to isolate the EV fraction and used mass spectrometry to identify and quantify the proteins present within them. Three proteins were identified to be involved in AD progression, specifically HSPA1A, NPEPPS, and PTGFRN. Additionally, PTGFRN was moderately correlated with amyloid plaque and tangle scores in AD, MCI, and control groups. Based on this study, these three proteins may potentially be used to monitor AD progression, though results need to be validated in a larger cohort. The title of our 10th paper is Cerebrospinal Fluid Mitochondrial DNA in Rapid and Slow Progressive Forms of Alzheimer's Disease by first author Podlisny, last author Trulis, from the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. AD is a very heterogeneous disease with patients progressing at different rates, and so it's increasingly important to identify biomarkers that shed light on disease progression. Previous work suggests that low CSF content of cell-free mitochondrial DNA or CFMTDNA, comes before clinical signs of AD. And so the study set out to determine whether this could be used as a biomarker profile for the different disease progression rates. They measured CSF-CFMTDNA, A-beta, total and phosphorylated tau, in controls without dementia and AD patients with rapid progression and slow progression, respectively. Patients with slow progressive AD had significantly lower levels of CSF-CFMTDNA compared to controls. CSF-CFMTDNA levels correlated positively with A-beta and negatively with P-tau. And overall, these results indicate that CSF-CFMTDNA correlates with the earliest pathological markers of the disease and altogether may create a profile distinctive for slowly progressing AD. First author Banning, last author Lutsakos, bring the 11th paper to this episode, titled, Alzheimer's disease biomarkers as predictors of trajectories of depression and apathy in cognitively normal individuals, MCI, and AD dementia, from the International Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry. The current study examined the trajectories of depression and apathy in prodromal AD and related them to AD biomarkers. The trajectories in participants from the AD Neuroimaging Initiative cohort were associated with baseline CSF AD biomarkers using bias-corrected multinomial logistic regression. Higher AD pathology, measured by lower A-beta-42 and higher tau, was associated with increased probability of depression and apathy over time. Interestingly, lower A-beta-42 was associated with a steep increase in apathy, whereas higher tau was associated with a steep decrease in apathy. Overall, the course of depression and apathy in those on the AD spectrum seemed to be associated with classic AD biomarkers. Our 12th paper comes from the journal Progress in Neurobiology and is titled 
Acute phase markers in CSF reveal inflammatory changes in Alzheimer's disease that intersect with pathology, ApoE4, sex, and age. The first author is Aton, last author Hansen. This study, like the previous one, was really interested in how inflammation influences the progression of Alzheimer's disease. The author specifically studied the cerebral spinal fluid of over a thousand participants that fell along the clinical and biomarker spectrum of Alzheimer's and quantified levels of various acute phase response, or APR, proteins. They looked at many different proteins, so I'll just mention a couple here, which include ferritin, complement C3, heptaglobin, and hemoplexin. Subjects are categorized into four different groups, either 1. cognitively normal, 2. subjective cognitive decline, 3. mild cognitive impairment, and 4. AD. Using multiple regressions that adjusted for diagnoses, age, sex, etc., each APR protein and levels of amyloid beta-42 and T-tau were examined. Results showed that CSF A-beta-42 and T-tau levels were associated with elevated ferritin, but no other protein in cognitively normal and subjective cognitive decline subjects. Overall, APR was elevated increasingly along the four different groups of symptomatic progression from cognitively normal to Alzheimer's disease. It was also found that APOE4 status did not affect APR levels in the CSF, and so the elevated expression of APR proteins appear to be mediated by PTAU181. Notably, the diagnostic ability of acute phase response proteins was influenced by sex and age. The 13th and final paper of this episode is titled Normalization of CSF PTAU Measurement by A-Beta 40 Improves Its Performance as a Biomarker of Alzheimer's Disease from the journal Alzheimer's Research and Therapy. The first author is Guo, last author Landau. This study explored whether CSF PTAU and TAU-PET are associated and how well each measure predicts disease progression. The researchers used participants from the ADNI database who had PET imaging data, CSF measurements, structural MRI, and cognition data. By using the CSF PTAU AB to 40 ratio compared to PTAU alone, the authors detected expected associations between PET, hippocampal volume, and cognitive decline. They also found that CSF PTAU AB to 40 enabled the detection of tau accumulation at an earlier stage than tau PET in those who were amyloid positive. Overall, these data suggest that the CSF P-tau A-beta 40 ratio may have greater potential to detect tauopathy progression compared to CSF P-tau alone, and may outperform tau-pet in some cases. And that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Are you curious about being a part of Aminder? Send us an email with your CV and let us know what you'd want to do as a part of our team. No experience is required, just an interest and enthusiasm for SciComm. Thanks to the team for making this episode possible. Music credits go to Anusha Kamesh, and you can find her on SoundCloud or on YouTube under AK Music. We really hope you find this podcast useful. As always, our main goal at Aminder is to bring value to the scientific community by making publications accessible for anyone and everyone interested in staying up to date on the latest neuroscience research. Remember, you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we hope to have you back here soon. Bye for now.